Hi, my name is Dr. John Day, and I am a cardiac electrophysiologist, or basically a cardiologist specializing in arrhythmias, particularly that of atrial fibrillation. And I wanted to come to you today with another video going through the most recent literature, looking at atrial fibrillation ablation as first-line therapy for atrial fibrillation. And so without any further delay, let's jump into the slides. Let me share with you the most recent studies, go through the medical literature, and then offer my take on what it is teaching us. And so with that, let me share my screen with you right now. Perfect. So AFib ablation as first-line therapy. And I'm at St. Mark's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, and here at St. Mark's, we have one-day access to world-class cardiovascular care. So we can get you in to be seen within one business day with one of our cardiologists. We don't even need a referral. We can get you right in if you feel that you need prompt cardiovascular evaluation. Unfortunately, this is only available for in-person visits in Salt Lake City. So first set of disclosures, these are the various companies that I've either consulted for or spoken at various meetings that they have put on. Second disclosure, I've performed more than 4,000 atrial fibrillation ablations over the last 23 years. That's from the very first that this procedure was developed. So there may be a bias here as well. And then lastly, this was a book that we just recently published. It's been number one on Amazon in the cardiovascular space now for six months, which is pretty good uh, considering that Usually it's the diet books on how to prevent cardiovascular disease that seem to dominate the number one status, at least in the cardiovascular space on Amazon. And so in this book, if you've read this book, it's a great book, of course, I'm not biased at all there. We talk a lot about lifestyle optimization and things you can do to reverse atrial fibrillation without drugs, without procedures. So I also have a bias toward healthy living and trying to avoid medications and procedures in the first place. So with all of that in mind, let's jump into the literature. Is there a role for atrial fibrillation ablation as first-line therapy? And what do I mean by first-line therapy? Well, first of all, historically, medications were tried first to treat atrial fibrillation. There are medications to slow the heart. There are antiarrhythmics, which are designed to hold the heart into rhythm. And of course there are blood thinners, but that's kind of a separate deal. But historically medications were tried first. And then if medications didn't work, then an ablation might be considered. It's important to remember that antiarrhythmic medications, these are the medicines designed to hold your heart in rhythm, are no safer in clinical studies than a catheter ablation procedure. Yes, procedures sound scary and et cetera, but these medications are also quite scary. All of the antiarrhythmics that are available can ever so, at least at some degree, raise your risk of a cardiac arrest. And so any drug that rewires the electrical channels of your heart could also potentially rewire them in a potentially harmful way. So no more risk uh, than, you know, ablation has no more risk than using an antiarrhythmic. So the first study I'm going to talk about was a meta-analysis review of looking at atrial fibrillation versus antiarrhythmics medications as first-line therapy for atrial fibrillation published uh, 
in, on April 28th of 2021. Next up, the FDA approved the cryo balloon technology as first-line treatment for atrial fibrillation on June 21st, 2021. Continuing in chronological order, next we have a meta-analysis. And once again, for those of you who aren't familiar, meta-analysis is basically, it's like an average. It's where they look at all the studies on a particular topic pool all the data together to try to come up with a more accurate assessment of what the data is really telling us. Published in the British Medical Journal Heart, July 19th, 2021. And then our last one, in Circulation, Arrhythmia and Electrophysiology on August 16th, 2021. So what are all of these meta-analysis studies telling us? Well, let's jump through it. But before we do, Something that's important to remember is what are the chances of an antiarrhythmic holding your heart in rhythm one year later? And that doesn't matter, whatever it is, sotalol, propafidone, flecainide, dofetilide, all of these medicines, on average, you've got about a 50-50 chance that your heart is still in rhythm one year later with these drugs. That's not very good. Um, considering, say, you're 50 or 60 years old, maybe you're looking at 30, 40, 50 more years of life, and to know that the drug only has a 50-50 shot of still working a year later. Not good odds. Now, certainly you can improve that with amiodarone, but amiodarone comes with a lot of side effects, a lot of nasty side effects that are best avoided, if at all possible. On the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, dronidarone, it's horrible at still maintaining sinus rhythm a year later, while all the others seem to be about 50-50 chance. So not very good odds with an antiarrhythmic approach. So let's look at the uh, meta-analysis in JAMA Cardiology published on April 28, 2021. The title is Assessment of Catheter Ablation or Antiarrhythmic Drugs for First-Line Therapy of Atrial Fibrillation, a meta-analysis of randomized clinical trials. For those of you who aren't accustomed to reading medical literature, a randomized clinical trial, that is the highest level of evidence that you can get. In these cases, patients are randomized. These are multi-center trials. The reason why they're randomized multi-center is to try to eliminate bias, to try to get at the true efficacy of a particular, at least in this case, treatment strategy. What was their conclusion? I'm gonna read it to you in case it doesn't show up very big on your screen. In this meta-analysis of randomized clinical trials, including first-line therapy of patients with proxismal atrial fibrillation. And once again, proxismal, actually it's not once again, it's for the first time, proxismal atrial fibrillation basically means um, that you have atrial fibrillation that starts and stops on its own. So in patients with proxismal atrial fibrillation, catheter ablation compared with antiarrhythmic drugs was associated with reductions in recurrence of atrial arrhythmias and hospitalizations with no difference in major adverse events. What is that saying in plain English? That's saying <clears throat> catheter ablation is better than a drug at keeping your heart in rhythm. Catheter ablation is better than a drug in keeping you out of the hospital. Two really good things. And number three, there was no difference in complications between catheter ablation and a drug. So they looked at six randomized cl clinical uh, controlled trials, RCTs, with 1,212 patients. They found less arrhythmias with ablation as first-line therapy. They saw less likely to be hospitalized with ablation as first-line therapy, no difference in something bad happening, and five, and this is seen in all studies, because these drugs 
don't really work. We talked about it. There's a 50-50 chance they're still working one year later, with the exception of amiodarone. But then again, that comes with a whole host of side effects. So given that the drugs fail in so many patients, patients quickly cross over to ablation. And that's important because the way these studies are counted, if you have a patient assigned to a drug, the drug fails, they cross over to the ablation. And let's say the ablation completely eliminates their AFib, maybe even an AFib cure. It's still counted as a drug cure because they were initially assigned to drug as their treatment strategy. So all of these crossovers, and in these studies, typically about a third of the patients will cross over from drug to ablation, those are all counted as ablation successes or as drug successes. So it dilutes the effect of the ablation. So that means in order to see a difference, catheter ablation has to be even that much better than drug to see a difference. This was published in the British Medical Journal Heart, July 19th, 2021. Catheter ablation's first-line treatment for proxismal atrial fibrillation, a systematic review and meta-analysis. What were their conclusions? Once again, first-line treatment with catheter ablation, that's the CA, is superior to AAD, antiarrhythmic drug therapy, in patients with symptomatic proxismal atrial fibrillation, as it significantly, you always like to see significantly, reduces the recurrence of any atrial arrhythmias and symptomatic atrial arrhythmias and healthcare resource utilization with comparable safety profile. Translating that, they looked at the same six RCTs, randomized controlled trials with 1,212 patients. And if a separate group of investigators looking at the same studies comes to the same conclusion, you know that the results are probably spot on. They saw less arrhythmias with ablation as first-line therapy. So in other words, skip the drugs, go straight to ablation, you'll see less arrhythmias. You'll see less healthcare utilization, which translated means you're less likely to get thrown into the hospital with your heart beating out of control with ablation as first-line therapy. They saw a comparable safety profile. In other words, drug is no safer than ablation. Once again, many drug patients cross over to ablation. And then our last meta-analysis published in Circulation, Arrhythmia, and Electrophysiology on August 16th, 2021, ablation versus antiarrhythmic drugs as first-line treatment of proxismal atrial fibrillation, a meta-analysis of randomized trials. In this one, they only looked at five RCTs, randomized controlled trials, and 997 patients. So they threw out one of the studies. But even throwing out one of the studies, they came up with the same results. Less arrhythmias with ablation as first-line therapy. Skip the drug, go to ablation first, you get less arrhythmias. You get less hospitalizations with skipping the drug, going to ablation first. Similar safety profile. Once again, about a third of the patients, drug patients, crossed over to ablation. So bringing it all together, what are my seven thoughts looking at meds versus ablation as first-line treatment of AFib? So in other words, you're diagnosed with AFib, you skip the drugs, do you go to ablation or not? What are my thoughts? First of all, before you're even talking about drugs or procedures, it's important to remember that studies also tell us that up to 50% of patients can put their AFib into remission without drugs, without procedures, with aggressive lifestyle intervention. You've got to move fast, but with aggressive lifestyle intervention. Now, for most of the studies that have looked at this, the most important lifestyle intervention is weight loss for those patients who are overweight and just diagnosed with AFib. But you've got to move fast. If you sit on your AFib for too long, 
It's not going to work alone. So if you quickly drop the weight, about half the patients can put their AFib into remission. No drugs, no procedures. Number, number two, I've seen more than 10 years of perfect rhythm control with no side effects with antiarrhythmics. Even though there's only a 50-50 chance they're still working one year, I have some patients out to 20 years plus now that are still maintaining sinus rhythm, have never seen a day of AFib, and they're tolerating their flecainide or whatever antiarrhythmic with no side effects. So even though overall the results look dismal with antiarrhythmic drugs, that doesn't mean that you can't go 10 or 20 years plus with no arrhythmias and no side effects. Number three, I find that ablation as first-line therapy is great. And these studies are great news for those patients who don't want to be stuck on all of these cardiac drugs and the side effects of cardiac drugs for the rest of their lives. Number four, this is a very reassuring in that ablation has an excellent safety profile. It's no more risky than an antiarrhythmic drug. Number five, Ablation as first-line therapy, I find, in my experience, this is the best treatment strategy for our younger patients. It is the best treatment strategy for our athletic, active patients. Young patients don't want to be stuck on all these drugs and feel horrible. Athletic patients don't want to be stuck on all these drugs and have their athletic performance or their exercise tolerance significantly drop off with antiarrhythmic drug therapy. Number six, I would still try uh, meds first after lifestyle optimization, even in older patients. Whenever I have a patient who, where we can catch their AFib early and they're motivated, they want to make changes, lifestyle optimization should always be an option as first-line therapy. And then in the elderly, I will look at a, a medications after lifestyle optimization if I have a motivated patient with ablation last in the older patient group. Number seven, at the end of the day, whether you try an ablation first or antiarrhythmics first is really a personal decision between you and your EP, your electrophysiologist. The two of you have to look at potential risk, potential opportunities for success. Look at everything. And then the two of you come up with what is the best treatment strategy. Thank you for att your attention. Hopefully you've enjoyed this short little video. If you want to learn more, keep watching. We have many more videos to come. Thank you so much.